Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Lookout Mountain United Methodist Church. We pray that this sermon will engage your mind and that God's Spirit will engage your heart. We also want to invite you to come worship with us on the mountain every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Whether you live close by, have come to visit the Chattanooga area, or just listening online, there is a place for you at Lookout Mountain. Now may God bless you as you hear the word proclaimed. Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and communion with the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The words that Paul uses to close his letter to the church in Corinth are words that are often used to close our worship services. Uh, Not just here, but in many churches. They are uh, such a fitting way for people to say goodbye to one another, uh, to wish each other well, as it is. And Paul, with his relationship in Corinth, the church which he was at at its very beginning, and he saw it struggle, he saw it grow, he saw others come in after him, but he kept in touch and he wished them well, he answered their questions as best he could. It was a church that he loved, and so... He gave them this benediction, these good words, as he closed his letter. And in in doing this, he offered them three things. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion with the Holy Spirit. Grace, love, and communion. Grace is kind of a hard word to define, isn't it? It's the sort of thing you can point it out when it's happening, when it's happened to you. Uh, But to sit down and write yourself a a nice little definition of it would be pretty difficult. It could mean things like forgiveness, or getting something that you haven't earned, or covering up a mistake and not counting it against you. Uh, It means all of these things, all together and and even more, when Paul writes about grace and the grace of Jesus Christ our Lord. See, we live in a world that wants to get out its calculator and figure out who is paying for what. I remember growing up as a, 
As a teenager, me and my friend Deacon would go out and we would go to Sonic and get cheeseburgers or we would stop and get smoothies after we were working out or, or things like that. We were best friends and we hung out and from time to time, one of a, I would, often me, I would leave my wallet at home and, and Deacon would look at me and say, just get whatever and I'll cover it and you take care next time. And uh, I would try to, uh, you know, the next time I saw him, maybe offer some money to pay him back and he would look at me with this strange face as if I was missing the point of our friendship. As if somehow it was a matter of us trying to keep a tally to make sure that we stayed square. And he would just look at me and tell me, you know, if I need to pay for you, sometimes I will. And if you need to pay for me, sometimes you will. And let's just have it be that. You know, those moments where he just, he wasn't trying to add up the score. I've always seen a, a grace in that and have treasured our friendship because of his attitude. Paul has something similar in mind when he is telling them that he is giving them, sending to them, praying for them to have this grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the world is out there saying, what percentage is due to me? What do you owe me and, and what's the, the bottom that I have to give to you? And Paul is hoping and praying that Jesus doesn't treat the church that way. He's hoping that Jesus does not treat the church according to its deeds, but instead treats the church according to his deeds. Jesus' deeds were given to all, not because people earned it. That forgiveness that came through the cross and the resurrection were not given just to, to those who were in a certain club, to those who knew the secret words, to those who had performed the right acts. It was grace given to all. It was grace to be forgiven before you even know that you messed up. And yet that is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love. Love is something perhaps we think we understand a little bit better. It's something that, that we say a lot, even if it might be something like, I love this pasta dish. You know, or I love springtime. And it's the same word we use to talk about I love my wife, I love my husband, I love my children. But this love that Paul sends to the church in Corinth is not just any old use of love, it is the love of God. And God's love is something that is big and intimidating. Because this kind of love is unending and unchanging. It was the kind of love that was there before the church in Corinth was around. It was the love that was waiting on them to show up. It was loving them before they had arrived 
It's a love that doesn't grow cold over time like ours sometimes does. It's a love that doesn't get distracted by other things, by busy schedules, by someone new. And it's the sort of love that wants something from you. This sort of love isn't content with the love that is currently there. It wants you to grow. This love wants your heart to expand and get bigger because there is even more love on its way. And if we can grow our hearts, if we can be changed by love to open our hearts even more, then that love will continue to fill it, to push us forward so that the amount of love in our life grows and grows and grows. It is not a love that is satisfied. It is an unquenching fire of a love, this love of God. Communion. A fellowship might be how you see it, or a relationship, or a friendship, or a cooperation with the Spirit. The Spirit that gave the first believers everything they needed at Pentecost, that's what Paul wants them to be in communion with. Paul wants for them to have that same relationship to the Spirit that the first believers in Jerusalem had. He prays for them to be filled with the Spirit, to be gifted by the Spirit, to be encouraged and moved by the Spirit, to have that same experience of Pentecost in their lives as those who were there that first day. Paul wants them to feel connected, to have that relationship, that communion with the Spirit so that they always feel connected to God, that they always feel as if Jesus is right there in their midst. That is the work of the Spirit in our lives. It is this communion, this relationship. It is this interweaving of people. Just as we talked about the Trinity this morning and how it is three in one, this communion between Father, Son, and Spirit that same communion is meant to be had for those who believe, those who receive the Spirit and accept the Son. This was Paul's benediction to the church. Love and communion and grace, all from the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And so today, my last day in this pulpit, my last Sunday with you here, my prayer for all of you is that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. That each of you might realize how much Christ has done for you. That you might realize and find yourself overwhelmed by God's blessings. Blessings that you didn't earn. May that grace and that, that abundance 
wash over you and catch you by surprise. And then may that grace be poured out to others. So that just as you are overwhelmed by God's blessings, you might overwhelm others with blessings they don't deserve. That you might trust that God's grace will provide all that you need and that you don't have to worry about seeking out what is best for you, but instead can focus on what is best for the community around you. For God's grace will cover you. I pray that the love of God will be with you all. I know that many of you have watched your families grow and move and perhaps move kind of far away. And you've watched your friends as they've aged. Some of them have moved off and some of them have died. And you felt your own health wither and had your strength fail. And I pray that you don't let these real and easy to see troubles blind you from the fact that you are loved at this moment more than you could imagine. That it is not just your friends and your family and your church who love you. But even if you took all of their love and added it together, God's love is bigger and stronger and more present at this very moment for you. God's love for you is as strong as always. And while your strength may fade, God's love does not. And while your health may come and go, God's love is steadfast. While the time you spend with a person you care about may come to an end, God's love is unending. And if you are open to it, that love can fill you. And I pray that the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I pray that the Spirit move in your life and hold you close, that you always feel God's touch and you always hear God's voice. I pray that the Spirit move in the life of this church, that it continue to permeate here in this place, working not just in you individually, but working in the group of you, that those of you who gather here gather in the work of the Spirit, that it will bring life and vitality to what you do, that it will bring you unexpected guests and unforeseen problems and then new and creative solutions. May the Spirit of God be an active part of the life of this church and the life of each of you. I 
have been so blessed in my time as the pastor here. You have given me the space to learn and to lead, to succeed and to fail, and you have stuck with me all the time. I thank you for that, and I trust that you know you will always be a part of my story. So let me just say once again, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and communion with the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.